Hey everyone, before we jump into today's podcast, just wanted to give a little bit of background on what you are about to hear. First of all, today's episode is number 52, which marks one year since Hunter and I began the Go Get It podcast. This continues to be such a meaningful and joyful ride for Hunter and me, and we just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening. The episode you are about to hear is an episode that we actually recorded in person together in New Jersey at the end of March. However, we've been holding on to it for a special occasion, and we asked our Instagram community whether they thought it was more special to come out on episode 50 or the one-year anniversary number 52, and everyone said 52. So it felt like the perfect time to bring it out. So here it is. It's a little less structured than many of our episodes, a little bit longer. And if there is ever an episode that lends itself to the video version of the podcast over on our YouTube channel, I think this would be the one, especially when it gets about to the halfway mark in the episode. You'll know what I mean uh, when you get there. But if you're interested in checking out that video version, our YouTube channel is linked in the show notes. You can just click on over to that. Um, I think that's all I got. All right. Episode 52, the one-year anniversary. Let's do this thing. So I think that uh, we can open ourselves up to a leverage challenge. Wow. And so I want to shift it to my brother because I want him to practice what he preaches. Oh, wow. In front of this Go Get It audience. Oh, wow. What's happening here? By facing his fear. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Go Get It podcast. As always, I am your co-host, Austin Meyer, and I'm here with... Hunter Gorski. Hunter Gorski. Today, we have a very exciting episode for you all today, and it's going to be a little bit experimental today. It's going to be a little experimental. We have our third brother, Jason Gorski, who's actually Hunter's blood-related brother. What's going on, everybody? But I call him my brother as well. We are here in New Jersey at the headquarters, the Gorski household. And today we are going to have a conversation with Jason about what it means to leverage yourself into action. The Go Get It podcast, as you know, is all about getting into motion, about chasing your dreams, about facing fears and taking those risks that really pay off in the long run. And Jason is an expert when it comes to coaching people through those uh, tricky waters. And so today we're going to have a conversation. We're going to interview Jason, hear a little bit about what he does, and we're going to try to take some lessons out of it that we can all use in our week moving forward. So without further ado, let's kick it off. Jason, welcome on the Go Get It podcast. This is this is an incredible feeling. <laughs> it feels good, huh? Uh, this is incredible. It feels good. So, Jason, I'd love to start today with just, if you could explain a little bit about what you do, that would be a great place to kick us off. Yeah, absolutely. In my work, uh, I range around a couple things, but uh, at the base of it is personality mapping, neurolinguistic programming, social emotional learning, and I use those skill sets to help me in business. I'm part of a startup called Nekohama. It's a mantra company. 
uh, but also a talent management and creative studio in coaching people through their emotions as they're changing through their life and also in their mindset. So say I'm a mindset coach as well. So at what point in your life did that become something of interest to you? And did you realize that when it comes to personality profiling, which is kind of like a buzz, almost like a buzz phrase now at a lot of big companies, I think McKinsey does this for like everyone. And it kind of becomes trite in the way that people just take these quick online tests and they have a couple letters attached to their name. When did it become something that was just this oddity to something that you felt was really impactful and meaningful? Yeah, well, uh, I was playing soccer professionally in Poland, and I was living in a village, and so all I all I could do was really read books and play soccer. And while I was reading books, I came across personality mapping, but also got into self-help and development books, and I started to read things that I thought really spelt out for me what I thought was going on in my mind. And the more I read and the more I thought that's exactly what, how I think about things, the more I looked at it as like, Oh, now that I know what's going on, I can change it if I want to. And when I came across personality mapping and the words that they were using, I was like, there's there's power in here. There's power to have the language. I was like, one day I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do this for other people who want to learn in the same way. And so that's really where it was born. Where do you get the most reward through that process? Is it like, is it the self-reward for you? Like wow, I just did something awesome. I just helped this person create a breakthrough. Or is it just, um, is it just the, you know, helping that person create a breakthrough and like the, the feeling that they get or the reaction you get from them? Like what, what exact, what exact part of the process is, is kind of, you know, makes you go like, yes, I want to do more of this. I think it hits in a couple different stages, but I can tell you the first moment where I get really excited is when I can tell when I'm speaking to someone that they feel like I understand and appreciate their world. Uh, I feel like that is the most critical point to helping someone change is when they feel like they're understood. They've now allowed you in because they're like, okay, you know where I'm going and you know where I want to go. And now I trust you to help guide me there. And that, that is really exciting. And it happens in all different parts of a conversation. Um, I never know exactly when it's going to come up. But I feel like that that's so exhilarating. All right. So I'm interested in this part because I would have an assumption that I know myself better than anyone. My whole reality is in my own mind, in my own world. However, I've also done personality profiling and like sat with you in reflective conversations. And you will say things that make me go like, oh, man, I didn't even realize that truth about myself. So. Can you help us like understand like how do people have blind spots about their self when when like we're with ourselves all the time? I guess I'm just asking about self awareness. Like yeah. how, how does like how do how do how do we miss that? Miss so many things about ourselves. I think we're probably the least aware about ourselves and the most aware about everybody else, just in in a general view of the world. You know, we're constantly looking out and seeing other people and seeing, oh, like, this is what's wrong with what's going on in your situation. And I could see where you're messing up here. And then you you try to look at yourself and you just miss it. And it's because a lot of times your biggest unconscious strength is also causing your weakness. 
And so... So like, can you break that down for yeah, us? Yeah, absolutely. So let's say that you're constantly on the move and it's hard for you to settle down and you start building your identity around this idea of, oh, I'm always go with the flow. I'm the go with the flow guy. Now, other people see you from the outside and they they recognize like, oh, wow, it's so easy for you. You don't have to plan everything. You're so, you know, you're just always moving. And you're like, yeah, I'm always moving. And from the outside, they can see that because you've built your identity around this, that you're probably lacking when it comes to planning, letting people know what's going on, creating structure in your life, really honing down and figuring out that one thing you want to do and sticking to it when there's all this flow that you can be experiencing in your life. And so that unconscious strength of being go with the flow now turns into your biggest weakness because it makes it that much harder for you to create structure. And the blind spot comes because not only do you not see the structure as what's needed, you look at it like it's the enemy. You look at it like, oh man, like I don't like structure, don't put it on me, I'm gonna be free always. And everyone creates it in their own way, but that's really where it, it comes from. Mm. Presumably what you would like to do when someone you know is looking to you for guidance is help them arrive at some place, somewhere, help them create, quote unquote, a breakthrough. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. And I guess kind of touching on the topic of today's episode, you know, is is obviously like creating leverage on yourself. And, and how how important is it for somebody to leverage themselves to be able to reach said breakthrough? I think it depends on the amount of resistance they have to the change that they want to make. But I think it's extremely important. And the leverage is where you find out exactly what it's going to take to create the energy to pull you through something that you're resisting for a reason. How is it that somebody, I mean, for anybody listening, how is it, how is it, how is it that somebody can create leverage on themselves? Like what kind of techniques can they do to create leverage on themselves? Or um, is it that they need a guide to be able to help them find that leverage that they can, that they can put on themselves? I would say it, it definitely depends on the person. Uh, you're definitely someone who prefers to leverage themselves <laughs> as opposed to letting other people leverage you. Uh, that being said, I, I, it, it can be done with a guide. I can be that person. I think part of the rapport that we were talking about before for me is the permission to start leveraging somebody because I don't, I don't love to leverage somebody without that. But to do it for yourself, I would say first, it's about recognizing what you're unconsciously benefiting from and the behavior that you currently have and then figuring out where your pain point is on the other side of it. And so uh, hit me with an example and let's see if we can like roll through one. An example of where we need to be leveraged? Yeah. I think we have a good example. We what, talked about it today. Uh, oh, yeah. So... So one of the things that Jason and I were talking about today, and I think you you might have even been using me a little bit as your example there just a minute ago, which is like someone who really likes to go with the flow with things, that improvisational spirit that I'm always talking about. But then sometimes when it comes to that structure and like in this case, paperwork, it's really hard for me. So for the listeners out there, I have my own LLC, Austin Meyer LLC, and that's when I do all my video production work, my freelance filmmaking work, 
And I was sitting down with Jason today because Jason and I have similar personalities in some sense in terms of that like go with the flow nature. We don't really like to be pinned down. We like our freedom. And I noticed recently that Jason was starting to get better and better at something that I struggle with, which is like being really on top of like organizational structure, business operations, some of the like finances stuff. And I was like, how are you, like, how did you leverage yourself to find the motivation to do those things that like when they come into my mind, I just go like, I just don't want to think about it. Yeah. And, and I was telling Austin for me, uh, it really came from being a part of a startup and being part of a company where my partner had asked me to take responsibility for that. And uh, that was part of my duty to grow through that and figure out exactly how I had to get it done and go through the pain of that in the beginning. Because if I didn't do that, where where was I really growing? Where was I bringing my value? And that was enough of a pain point to start the process. Now the question for you is, where is the pain point for you to overcome that And then on the side of that, how come the small tasks that you do in editing and all of the little nitty gritty details with sound work and video and documentary, which are the same skill set as being on top of your finances, um, you know, in my mind, Mm -hmm. does that come so much easier to you? That's interesting. I think, I think part of it is because like I take so much pride in like the perfection of my art or the pursuit of perfection, the pursuit of excellence when it comes to my art. So when I'm watching through a documentary that I've made, if I notice like something slightly off when it comes to like the sound or a transition that gives me pain. We're talking about this, this like lever between pleasure and pain that will give me pain And when I look at like organizational structure, I still associate like being structured and having a plan and like keeping track of like all my invoices that gives me pain. And I haven't really found the pleasure on the other side of like having it straightened out. But as I was telling you today, I'm starting to like feel it a little bit more because I'm having to become like more responsible as an adult. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when you're thinking about the film and it being part of your art mm-hmm. and, you know, I uh, to a degree, like the level at which you want to maintain, mm-hmm. what would have to happen for your finances to be part of that art? For example, what if I were to tell you that the way that you handle your finances actually is hurting your image with other people in the field that are working with you Mm -hmm. and they view that as taking away from your art yeah i think that what what is more realistic and more in my mind when it comes to organizational structure is as i'm running my own business i'm starting to see that if I take care of some of these things that are usually my blind spots, it will actually open me up to more freedom to do the type of art and type of filmmaking that I want to do more of. So I think that is where the leverage is going to be. Gotcha. It's going to be like, 
it's painful if I have to do busy work. It's painful if I'm not getting to do the things that I want to do every single day. And so if I don't get this stuff on lock, I'm not going to be able to do the things that I, I'm really passionate about. So I think that's like a loss aversion right there that like is going to have to be the place. And I, clearly it hasn't been enough right. yet, which is why we had this conversation today. But it's like something I'm conscious of in a way that maybe I wasn't before. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And and just for the record there, you can see that a lot of a lot of the process of me trying to leverage you there was to try to find a point at which was maybe painful for you that went along with your belief system in a sense, right? So what I said right before you got down to, you know, this will help me free up my time to do more of what I love, mm-hmm. which was more around like your truth. Mm-hmm. I was trying to see that if other people looking at you and your and your work and your body of work as a documentarian and this affected that, mm-hmm. would that help you change? And you kind of just shrugged it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Because like some people would think like, like if others see me in a way that like doesn't hold me on like a pedestal, like that would be super painful. Maybe. I, maybe. I, I didn't know. So right, I, right. I was just trying to like get in there and see like, oh, maybe this is a pain point for you. Right. Maybe, and, and maybe it's not. And then we found something that's for you, but the circumstances around you haven't provided that for you yet, hmm. which is why it hasn't changed yet. Gotcha. Right. So you're going to have to come up to a point with your current map of the world where you put yourself in a position where now you have to level that up because you're doing work that isn't what you love to maintain where you're at. So for the listeners who are out there right now who don't have a coach, who don't have someone prompting them with questions, what are ways in which they can figure out like how to be introspective or ask themselves the questions that will get them to, to, to arrive at those places? The first thing is where do you want to, what do you want to change? You have to identify what that is. Second thing, what are you gaining? Like, what are you unconsciously gaining from the behavior that you have now so that you know how to work around it? And then three, like, what causes you pain and why don't you do it now? And then four, what would have to happen for me to actually have to change this behavior? It's interesting because when I'm listening to that was awesome what you guys had going on there. And when I was listening to to what Austin was saying there, for, for me it's like it's like an association game is what is what you know. It's like you just need a slight perspective shift and a different association to this thing that currently you have a negative association with. That's you're linking to more pain than pleasure, and somehow you need to change the rules of the game for yourself, where you're linking that either to less pain or to more pleasure right. to get yourself to take a different action. Right. Is that an accurate assessment of of generally what's going on? And when you do kind of see people create these breakthroughs for themselves, obviously you're guiding them with the proper questions and letting them navigate their path. Um, does it does it end up seeming to you that it is just that slight perspective shift that really is just like that, you know, that opens, opens, their, whole that world opens their whole world. I think it's almost like, you know, we're the ones stopping ourselves. I mean, I know it's cliche and people say it all the time and I think it, we're really unpacking it here, but um, 
but yeah can you just riff on that for a minute yeah absolutely i i I love the way you said that too uh you're either moving away from pain or you're moving towards pleasure a lot of times it's a little bit of both and i do think the pivots that you're making you know sometimes they open up your whole world and they're and sometimes they're really small and they open it up enough to make changes uh the first thing that came to mind when you were saying that is uh i was speaking to someone recently about small details uh someone that uh is now in a position where there's a lot of pressure, big changes happening uh, in their business. And the responsibility has shifted on them to be in charge of all of these small details. And they're the creative person. And that's not how they saw themselves. And so what I was focusing on is like, how can you make that, that little shift? Because the leverage is already there. There's so much pressure, but there's so much resistance at the same time. And so the way that I was positioning it, and I was really talking out of my own frame to see if it would it would hit, would be, hey, like, if if you're responsible for the details right now, think about you taking ownership in those small details and realizing that everybody in your organization is going to know how reliable you are, so that when it comes to the bigger, more creative tasks, almost along the same thread that you're talking about. They just know you got it because you've completed your whole stack of responsibility. Like you're the guy that always gets it done. And that small little shift then made it an enjoyable activity. Now there was pleasure associated to being the guy who handles the small things because you know if he can handle the small, he can definitely handle the big. You know, what's popping into my mind right now, and, and we, we always laugh about this, just to kind of give the viewers like, and I'm sure everybody's, you know, have, have, has experienced moments like this if we self-reflect, but, you know, I was just to, to kind of demonstrate how minute of a, like how small something could be that opens that, that creates this change in somebody. You remember I was like driving in the car, listening to Tony Robbins, just like on one of the motivational (laughs) speeches. And he was just like, you know, he was just, he was just like, raise your standards. And for like, it was literally just that he's like, raise your standards. And I called you and it was just like my whole world changed in that moment. Like just with, you know, three words. And I was just like, yeah, let's like, I need to raise my fucking standards. Yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent. I remember you calling me. And it was after weeks of me trying to like move you into like different areas and trying to get you to like jump on to like the growth and development and raise your standard. Called me up. I was like, he's like, dude, I just heard the most amazing thing. I mean, game changer <laughs> from Tony Robbins. I was like, dude, hit me with it. And I was really, I was ready for like the sauce of sauce, a book. I was so excited. I was like, what was it? He was like, he said, raise your standards. And I was like, yeah. And? <laughs> that's, like, it, no, that's it, man. Raise your standards. <laughs> you know how much sense that made? I was like, what is going on that's here? That's what did it for and me. And that was it. That's that what did it, it for me. And why do you think that was? It's a great question. <laughs> wow. Um, that that just made a lot of sense to me. Like, you, you don't, like, and it's it's stuff that Tony says all the time. You don't get, like, what you want. You get what your standards are. And it's like, if you have low standards, you get low quality outcomes. If you have the highest standards, you get the highest quality outcomes. That just made a ton of sense to me. And that's really speaking my language. And it's like, okay, in my game, if I want to achieve to the highest levels, I need to have the highest standards. And then the next piece of that is 
I need to live up to those standards every day. I need to act in alignment with someone who lives by a high standard of life. And here are the things that I need to do to be in alignment with that. That's That was my process. Yeah. It's a great process. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... I think as we're coming to the end of this this podcast here, yes. that uh, we can open ourselves up to a leverage challenge. Wow. Yeah, Jay's, I think Jay's got some. Hit us. Um, I, think, I think there's definitely moments in life where we create ideas and, and we get stuck in those ideas and we get fearful and we get unresourceful and... We get stuck. And so one of the things that has been amazing having you guys around me and having other people that know these things is when you get stuck, there's this echo chamber of change. You know, I remember uh, Hunter walked in a couple, it was a couple months ago and he basically put a figure eight on me that leveraged me like up to the wall. And I, I like to tell this story <laughs> oh, really this quickly. Great. Basically, I went and I wanted a snack right before my mom was about to serve some food. I grabbed some pretzels out and uh, Hunter caught me and was like, you're gonna eat, you're gonna eat pretzels before mom's food? And I knew he was right. And so I, I put the pretzels down, but I was pissed. Cause like he called me out and uh i think i think i went back and i ate it anyway and i was sitting down and i was frustrated because he had called me out and he decides that he's going to come in and work next to me <laughs> and i'm not having it oh i put one on you that day you, you know opened and for your the phone. listeners and for the listeners you're looking the guy this way was the antagonist all growing up in childhood always poking poking Token, you know that. <laughs> so go ahead. So uh so anyway, I uh he started talking on his phone and I got really angry and I was like, get out of here. Uh, I want to be by myself right now because I was still having these feelings about him calling me out when I knew he was right. And he just sat right in it. And he's like, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. You wanna you wanna get up? Go ahead and leave. <laughs> and he and he pinned me right in where I, I couldn't move. And he's like, You coach all these people. You know, don't you feel like you're a little limited right now in your way of thinking? <laughs> and he really figurated me and I, I lost it. I grabbed his notebook. I threw it like a five-year-old child. Yeah. I ended up calling my mom like a two-year-old. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an ordeal. And the best part about that was the amount of leverage he put on me by knowing what was important to me, which was like really being authentic and, you know, practicing what I'm preaching. And so I want to shift it to my brother because I want him to practice what he preaches. Oh, wow. In front of this go get it audience. Oh, wow. What's facing, happening here? By facing his fear of apples. Oh my God. Did you guys plan this? Did you guys plan this? And I got this oh, nice juicy God. apple with the go get it fans. Gotta, this historic gotta, moment. Hold on, but well, you got to tell the story though. You got to tell the story. This historic moment. Look how nervous he is. Right here. 
this historic moment right here. I want you to see his face right now. Go ahead. I go want ahead. you to see his face. So when we were kids, Hunter, I, I don't believe he liked apples to begin with. Oh, look at him looking right here. I was he didn't like apples to begin with. We were downstairs in the basement playing hockey. And we, we had this old helmet on, straps really hard to get off. He was goalie this night. Usually we'd switch turns. And I was playing hockey, and I, I, was, I was firing some shots at him. He was blocking everything. Yeah. He was killing me. And I was like, Hunter, don't worry. Leave your helmet on. I'll go up and get us some water so we don't have to pull it on and off. And I went upstairs, and I chopped up an apple. And I put it into this water bottle, swirled it around, gave it to him to drink. He drinks this thing, spits it all out through the full helmet, freaks out, never, ever touched an apple again. This thing was so bad that when he was a, a couple of years older, we wanted to go to Applebee's. And he was like, I can't even go. I can't go to Applebee's. Place has apples in it. I mean, this thing carried. It carried to the point where... If you brought an apple this close to him before this night, he would freak on you. Freak. I mean, we got stories for days about apples. And I always thought it was going to be like a prank or something where Hunter woke up and there was just thousands of apples in his room. <laughs> but I could never get it past him because he wakes up so quickly. And so I was like, what way could we leverage him into having to face his fears <laughs> and eat this apple? Because he had made up in his mind that this was something he was going to do on my wedding day. Right. He, right. He, he would always say, he would always say, the day I eat an apple will be on your wedding day. That was like the moment. And now we're going to find out if the Go Get It podcast is enough leverage for Hunter <laughs> to take a bite in this apple. To face his fears for these people who watch you guys right here in this moment. When you're telling them to get into action to face your fears what are you gonna do <laughs> so where do your values lie so <laughs> what's going through your head hut bring us through, Walk us through he's gotta head. be he's, <laughs> he's trying to be beside himself so, first of all <laughs> what what when 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 you run this back you're gonna see a moment where while jason was explaining I'm just staring at this, just in, just in my own world, just thinking, just deep, deep thoughts. You're gonna, you're gonna run this back, and we're gonna zoom in on me thinking those deep thoughts. Oh, man. <laughs> Everyone's gonna have to be patient for this one. Let me just—you better have a lot of B-roll on this camera. Everyone's gonna have to be real patient here. What are my thoughts? What's going through your mind? Right now? Well, I can tell you what's going through my mind in this very moment is I am I I've noticed I'm a little bit more desensitized to it than I would be in the past. Mm. However, <laughs> the most immediate thing going on in my mind right now, of course, is like th so the wedding thing is in my mind, right? Like this ruins the wedding the wedding thing for me. Which is like, which is like, like I'm like, which is like, nobody cares about this besides me, <laughs> but I, I, but I've created this, 
I've created this like vision in my head that like, that's when I'm going to do it. That's when I'm going to overcome it, which, you know, now that I'm thinking this is what a lot of people do (laughs) on a daily basis. They have to, they dream up this perfect scenario when they're going to make a change instead of just making the change now, which is starting to corner me into biting into this apple here. I don't think people understand what's going on here, folks. Um, so that's what's that's what's going on first. And then here's another observation that's going on right now. This is this is this is gold right here. <laughs> the other thing that's going on is like you know weirdly and you know this well that like I've made that part of my identity. Oh now, yeah, I feel that, it right now. That like that I don't eat apples and that like I hate apples is part of my identity and people like only the closest people to me know this about my identity. So it's like, it's like, whoa, if I eat an apple, then like a piece of my identity is gone. Um, and then the question becomes like, well, is that identity serving me or not? Um, which really in the grand scheme of things, nobody cares. I mean, like what, what are when you, people what are you gaining when people it? see that I bite into the apple, like they'll like they'll go nuts. Like people are gonna go nuts. <laughs> and my submodality, just if if Confirmed people my it. submodality, when? if people know what submodalities are, just told you that there's 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 at least a part of me that's open to the idea of eating the apple right now. So people can. Did you catch that? Because oh, yeah. I caught it in myself. Yeah, did you catch that? No. Okay. We'll run the tape back so you can see it. When he when he's explaining, mm-hmm. he used the word "when I eat the apple." That's a submodality. Gotcha. Um, hmm. What was the question that you had in there? Oh, is what? It, what are you gaining? What am I gaining? What, or right. What, so we're going through the you, yeah, we're, we're going, going through, through the, steps. the steps. What were you gaining? Submodality. What were you gaining by having this as a part of your don't uh, as a part of your identity? Uh, well, so, so why don't we just, we'll take it into the six human needs. Um, for anybody that doesn't know what the six human needs are, I guess we'll do a brief description of that. Um, you have certainty, uncertainty, significance, loving connection. When you fulfill all four of those in some way, shape or form, negative or positive, then you can go to, um, growth and contribution outside of yourself. So the question is, which of those needs is, is this fulfilling? And I think it's, it's not uncertainty. Some degree of certainty. Some degree of significance because it's a talking point. Mm-hmm. It's not love and connection. Growth, it's, no. It, it's significance and certainty for me. Yeah. Um, And you're... Avoiding pain. Avoiding pain. Let's let, well. Let's get into that. Like, what what what's the pain that I associated with eating with eating this apple? You'll have to tell me. But there's definitely pain. Like the smell and the taste of it. Well, the taste I I haven't tasted it in so long, but I do have an I I do remember because it's just like right there. It's right there. The smell of it has really gotten me in the past, and even the look of it. But right in this moment, the look of it isn't hurting me that bad i picked a nice apple yeah br- bring it close to the camera so people get a good shot of that apple 
God, just the red, just that. Oh, oh, God, (laughs) just the red. And this right here is the middle ground of leverage. This is what it feels like. This is an outer world experience of what's going on inside of us with any behavior that we're doing that we want to change aren't changing it's a great example you've manufactured this situation to create to you know for for the leverage to exist it's great the question becomes people yeah and that's right i'm looking right at you (laughs) the question becomes do i actually give a shit about you give a shout out to uh to a very close friend of mine name is Hagup Cherishian. He was a teammate of mine near Cosmos 2013 through 15 I think and he he lived with me. He was one of my best friends on the team. He's an Armenian guy. Great guy, you know Hagup. And you don't know where I'm going with this, but Hagup he had he had a saying that he would always say in the house. Very simple saying, but very profound. He said, sometimes you got to roll up your sleeves and grow some balls. <laughs> Give me the apple. <laughs> this is such a big moment right here. <laughs> Do it for the listeners, hon. Go get it. That's what we're talking about, baby. Oh, God. This guy's, in my ear. this guy's in my ear. Give me the apple. Let me get <laughs> the familiar with it. is so it. real. It's like jumping in a pool. The longer you wait, the more painful it is. <sighs> You just gotta jump in. Oh, and I you just gotta do there. it. I can feel it. He can, I mean, that's a big step. The listeners think we're joking. We're <laughs> they not joking. Think, they think this is absurd. They think this is a big windup. They don't understand what's happening right now. Oh man. His whole life couldn't get him near an apple. He's holding it right now. This should have been the competition. Just holding it, people. I mean, biting into it, Jay. You're taking this. Too far. Biting Too into it. Too far. You're going to swallow this piece. Too far, Jay. I want to hear it slide down your throat. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> get, get a whip on the eyebrow. All right. This has gone on long enough. I guess we say goodbye to this to the wedding idea. Yep. I'm going to have to come up with something new. That's good because this is not what I would want at my wedding. <laughs> Wake mom up for this. Go get mom for this. Are you kidding me? Go get mom Gorski for this. If I'm going to do it, we do it right. Go get her out of bed. My mom is dead asleep right now. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to share this moment with mama G. It's true. Make sure she, you know, she's going to be on camera. So <laughs> for the listeners, it is 1242 AM right now. <laughs> so his mother is fast asleep and she has Watch, had a, f- a front row seat. Oh, I'm gonna to hide. The, I'm gonna hide this. I'm gonna let her walk in, and I'm gonna look her in the eye while she does it. Get a shot. Get a shot of the door. This is unbelievable. Get a shot of the door. I'm going in for it now. This is unbelievable. People, thank you for sticking with me here. Um, what this is un what a moment in Go is, Get It podcast history. This right is now. a big moment. I mean, this <laughs> look at you. this is everything. I mean, your I mean, hands is talking like about the one you're talking about the real vulnerability here yeah this is it we're watching it unfold this is it this is a vulnerability oh my god if she's walking into the door i'm gonna bite her look right she comes she comes she doesn't doesn't want to be on the podcast she doesn't want to be on the podcast ma come in here ma 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 come (laughs) come ma (laughs) you're sleeping 
Oh, it's okay. You can stay Folks, there. Folks, hold on, hold on. We're getting Mama Gorski. So for those who are listening, we have uh, Mama Gorski. She's hanging outside the door right now. She has now come in. She has. She doesn't have to be on camera. We're going to put her right near the camera so she's not on the podcast. You can come in. Okay, Mama Gorski is now coming into the room to witness something right now. She has no idea what is happening. She's, she's just she's been looking very up. nervous. She's been woken up. She's been from woken up from a dead slumber. <laughs> at 12.42 a.m. at night, Jason, here's the mic. Yep. So, Mom. Uh, there's nothing needs to be said. No. Nothing needs to be said. Austin right and now. I decided to do an episode. Nothing's, nothing needs to be said. Austin Trust and me. I decided to do a, an episode on leverage, and I was recapping the audience here. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my God. How did you do that? Yes. How did you get him? Oh my goodness, he wouldn't even have apple juice or apple anything. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. It's not that bad. Now take another bite. Do it. Take another bite. You got this. Take wow. another bite. Hot that, baby. Let's go. Wow. That's you eat that apple. That is going to get me. That's it. This is a moment. We're making memories right oh now, baby. That was We're not fucking leaving. <laughs> We're not fucking leaving. Yes. Yes. This oh, man. is a perfect execution of leverage. <laughs> How are you feeling? Honey? Yeah, tell us. Well, it's a pleasure to share this moment with 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 you guys, Mama, with you. Oh man, twenty-seven years. <laughs> he wouldn't touch an apple. <laughs> That's it, folks. If I could eat an apple, as ridiculous <laughs> as that sounds, as I can eat, if I can eat an apple today. Today, take action today, and you can as well with whatever you're going through. Go get it, people. Go get it. Go get it, <laughs> folks. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>